Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stardom Cast. This is a podcast where we talk all things about the fantastic, spectacular, professional wrestling company that is Stardom, and we do it in a positive and what I like to think fun manner. I am your host for this episode. My name is Matt Turner, and unfortunately, we will not be joined by Rob Goodwin. Rob texted me earlier today that he had a work emergency thing that he had to take care of, would not be able to join us this week, but that's okay, folks. It's going to be a little Christmas edition of the Stardom Cast podcast as we are just a few days away, not only from Christmas, the most wonderful day of the year, in my opinion, but Dream Queendom weekend is upon us. Yes, we have some massive shows coming up on December 29th, January 3rd, and January 1st for the fantastic professional wrestling company that is Stardom. Now, we will be doing our preview show next week. So uh, we will make it a point that myself and Rob, we will figure out a date and time to make sure that we get that show to you. We may even get that show out to you early since Dream Queendom is on a Friday. And I know this podcast does drop on a Friday on the normal feed and a day early and ad free for the fantastic Patreon members of the Stardom Cast Extra. So we're going to try our hardest with the holiday season, maybe some bumps in the road. We're going to try our hardest to get our Dream Queendom preview out to you next week uh, a little bit early. Folks, only a few shopping days left Christmas season. I hope everybody is having a phenomenal holiday season. As I record this, I just have two work days left, and I am done for two weeks. Uh, I am a little bit of a workaholic, so it is nice to have this time off. I'm a big fan of taking time off for Christmas and spending it with uh, my friends and family, and I hope you all do the same as well. Hope everybody's being safe out there. Hope you're um, navigating the shopping malls and shopping districts well because I do a lot of online shopping. A lot of my shopping for Christmas presents is done online, and uh, I've gone to the shopping malls and the shopping places a few times, and 
It's a little bit crazy, but if you're going in there, be careful, take your time, and uh, be kind to somebody. Hold the door open for somebody. Um, if you see somebody behind you in line that only has two or three items, and you have 10, 11, 12, let them go ahead of you. You know, just spread the holiday kindness. If you have a few extra dollars, too, for those Salvation Army buckets that you see these guys dressed up, these guys and gals dressed up as Santa Claus, and they're out there in the 15-degree weather shaking the bell, Drop them a couple bucks. It would really mean the world to them and tell them Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Uh, folks, obviously, this is a Stardom Cast podcast. This is not a world-class championship wrestling podcast, although that might be something I might tackle in the future if the demand is there. But yes, the Iron Claw movie, the story of the Von Erichs comes out this weekend, and I'm so excited. So excited to go see it. I may do a quick review up and throw it up on the Stardom Cast channel on our YouTube channel. Uh, just because, I mean, it's wrestling. It's it's all wrestling adjacent. It's all wrestling adjacent. I'm a huge fan of the Von Erichs, and that movie is getting rave reviews, and I cannot wait to uh, go go and watch it. I think it's a perfect way to start my Christmas vacation on Friday. Is, uh, as soon as I close up from work is uh, power down the work cell phone, power down the work computer, and uh, maybe take my wife out to a nice dinner, maybe have a frosty adult beverage, and then head on over to the movie theater to see the Iron Claw. So super excited for that. So let me know if you guys want me to do a review either here or if you just want to chat about it online, or I can just throw it up on the YouTube channel because that's what I might do. Speaking of Christmas, speaking of the YouTube channel, if you have not noticed, Rob and myself have dropped something uh, for Christmas. I guess Rob and I were playing Santa Claus. There is a, a fancy episode that we have put on our YouTube channel, free for all to watch and listen. Uh, arguably, well, not in my opinion, Rob's opinion, it's the greatest episode uh, that we've ever done here on the Stardom, uh, Stardomcast podcast. Initially, it was just available for the last five or six weeks to our Patreon listeners. And that was our Julia retrospective with Karen Peterson, about an hour or so after we got done recording, Rob and I decided you know, this is something that everybody should uh, should listen to because this was just a great conversation uh, with three people that really, really just love stardom and have a great passion for stardom. And we, we love having Karen on. And every time we have Karen on, we always get really uh, nice, warm comments. And Karen loves, she loves the friends and family of the stardom cast that's you she loves coming on to the show so we love having her on we'd have her on every week if we could but karen just does a, she's just so busy you know doing the articles for post wrestling and as well for working for pro wrestling illustrated uh, karen is a a plus individual we love having her on so we decided that not only this is something that everybody needs to hear this should be something that we're doing as a thank you for just all the uh, support that you've shown us on the Stardom Cast podcast. So if you're not done so yet, go over to our YouTube channel and you'll see the Julia retrospective with myself, Rob, and the one and only Miss Karen Peterson. I guess let's get into the news, right? Speaking of YouTube, Stardom has done something I thought was very, very smart. Stardom is well over a million subscribers on their YouTube channel and they're dropping complete shows. Complete shows are dropping on their YouTube channel. We saw Dream Queendom 1 back on December 29th, 2021, that had that uh, fantastic one-two combination of Sai Kamatani challenging 
Cam Nakano for the Wonder Stardom Championship. And the main event, Shah Shuri, the winner of the 2021 Five Star Grand Prix, challenging then champion Utami Hayashista for the World of Stardom Champion. That is up on YouTube uh, for free for everybody to view. Um, if you ha- I know we have a lot of new listeners for the Stardom Cast podcast. If you have not seen that, you're not sure yet if you want to drop the 6 or $7 to subscribe to Stardom World. Uh, yeah, it's the holiday season. We're all spending money elsewhere. It's free on YouTube. Also free on YouTube, they are dropping World Climax Night 1 and Night 2, which saw the return back in 2022 of Kyrie. Kyrie teaming up with Mayu to take on the Cosmic Angels team of Tam and Unagi, and as well as Julia versus Shuri, uh, basically the precursor to their match of the year from Dream Queendom at the end of 2022. And uh, Dream Queendom 2022, that is going to be up on YouTube as well over on the Stardom official channel. So four must-see shows. Again, if you are new to Stardom, we know we have new listeners all the time. Welcome. Thank you so much for your time and energy. We love having you here. We hope that you're enjoying the show. Four must-see shows. And if you're like me and you're blessed to have some time off from work, those are shows you need to see. Dream Queendom 1, Dream Queendom 2, World Climax Night 1, World Climax Night 2, um, you know, you have Sai and Utami for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Sai and Tam, the rematch from Dream Kingdom 1 from the for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Utami versus Mirai, very underrated match. Not a lot of people talking about. That's on there. Uh, Kyrie Starlight Kid, phenomenal match. And as well as Shuri defending the World of Stardom Championship. Night 1 against Julia. Night 2 against Mayu Iwatani, one of my favorite matches from 2022. Uh, folks, Stardom announced a few things that they are doing on the Yokohama Budokan show just the day before their big Tokyo Dome City Hall. And they are doing a one-night tournament of their Triangle Derby, which I think is very, very smart. We mentioned on the show, Rob and I have talked over the past month or so on this show, what are they going to do for Triangle Derby? They're not, they haven't announced anything, or are they going to scrap it? Are they going to bring it back? And I mentioned it should be a single, single elimination tournament, either one night or two nights. And I think this is a really, really good idea. So you're having a single elimination tournament, so every match means something. It's not round robin. As soon as you lose, you're out. And I'm just going to, obviously, I'm not going to give my uh, predictions or because this isn't the preview show. We're going to be doing that next week. But I'm just going to run down just the uh, four matches that are in the tournament. Uh, we have Julia, Tekla, and uh, My Sakurai, the Berry Berry Bombers, the current Artists of Stardom champions. They will be taking on round one, Lady C, Hina, and Miyu Amasaki. Basically, Queen's Quest... I guess Queen's Quest, the other side. Uh, let's just not the A team, maybe the A minus team. Um, you, you know, let's call them the A team. The other Queen's Quest, which I get to, is the A plus team because Lady C, Hina, and Miyu have improved so much over the last five or six months, and that'll be a great match as they're taking on the champions. So Queen's Quest A team. We have the team of Suzu Suzuki, May Sierra, and Megan Bain taking on Queen's Quest A plus 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 team of Utami Hayashita, Sai Kamatani, and Azumi. We have the stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hana, and Saida taking on the Oedatai team of Natsuko Tora, Momo Watanabe, and Starlight Kid. And then in our final round match, we have the God's Eye trio of Shuri, Mirai, Amisori taking on the Oedatai team of Ruaka, Rina, and Fukin Death. And then we have the semifinals, so uh, the finals, and then the finals. And then we have the Rookie of the Year tournament that'll feature Yuzuki, who we all love, Hanako, um, who's doing a phenomenal job these last five or six months. And then the two new rookies, I'm going to butcher their names, but let's give it a shot. Rana Yagami and uh, Sayaka Koara. 
they will all be in the Rookie of the Year tournament. Again, I'm not going to give my predictions. Queen's Quest for the win um, on this. That'll be for next show, and I want Rob to be there for that. So really exciting stuff going on on the Yokohama Budokan show. You'll have two tournaments, and I'm a huge fan of tournament wrestling, especially when you have more than one match or more than two matches. How are you going to keep it fresh? How are you going to keep the psychology different but the same? How are you going to stand out from match one to match two to match three if you have two or three matches? And I think with the Triangle Derby, especially, like I know myself with me and uh, Andy Hedder, my tag partner, whenever we do tag tournaments and if we're supposed to wrestle two, two times, three times, or four times, we can kind of put like, okay, this match will highlight Matt, this match will highlight Andy, this match will highlight our opponents, this match will highlight this, we'll just work on this. So you can kind of do something different each match. With this, you have the winners will wrestle three times, well, there'll be two teams wrestling three times. So say for an example, it's going to be God's Eye versus Queen's Quest. So you have one match that'll highlight Azumi, one match that'll highlight Saya, one match that'll highlight maybe Aphrodite, maybe one match that'll highlight Utami, and then like... You have one match that'll highlight Mirai, one match that'll highlight Ami, one match that'll highlight Shuri. And if that is the final, then you can do the finals will highlight Utami versus Shuri, which is obviously a match that uh, we have not seen in a one-on-one -on -one match in over a year that we would all love to see because that's one of the greatest rivalries in the history of stardom. So there's a lot you can do there, a lot that you can do there. And all the teams are stacked, you know, Saya, or excuse me, um, Saida with Hanan, Wingori team with Mayu. The current champions, the Berry Berry Bombers, uh, they're in there as well against, again, a very formidable Queen's Quest team and Lady C, Hina, and Miyu Amasaki. So really, really interesting stuff uh, that we have going on here in Stardom as we march towards the end of the year into what I think will be a very, very big year. You know, this a lot of people are talking with Stardom how great they were coming out of COVID year. 2021 was a banner year for them. 2022, I've said it on the show several times. And again, I know there's a lot of new listeners to the show. and Welcome. 2022 started as one of the greatest single years in the history of any wrestling company. I put it up there, right up there with 06 Ring of Honor, right up there with 94 All Japan, and right up there with 2016 New Japan. I mean, it's really from the booking to the matches to, you know, Azumi as high-speed champion, FWC and Meltier and Black Desire as the tag champs, Shuri as the World of Stardom champion, Sai Kamatani as the Wonder of Stardom champion. It really is a banner year in stardom. And then they go into... 2023 this past year and they had they, they had the triangle derby we're really not sure what it is but the final night was amazing with those the semifinals and finals and then you have that great match with the zooming starlight kid for the high speed championship you had that fantastic must see one of the greatest if not the greatest wonder of stardom championship matches with hazuki versus sai kamatani fast forward a month later you have one of the greatest wrestling cards of all time all-star grand queendom with Mayu versus Mercedes Monet and Julia versus Tam, Mina Shirakawa versus Sayakamatani for the Wonder of Stardom Championship. Just a phenomenal show. And you do, you had some really, really good shows, but some of the booking kind of had us like scratching our heads, right? Like Julia was chasing this red belt for so long, only to drop it after four months and only having, you know, technically two successful title defenses with Mayu Yuguki and uh, uh, Suzu Suzuki, but she only had one clean pinfall because the match with Mayu was a double countout. Great match, but it was a double countout. And then we're like, well, we had Mina on this chase, but then she loses the white belt to Tam, who's already the red belt champion. And then all the injuries and then all these shows and just 
it really seemed like it was a flux of just kind of confusion. But regardless, the wrestling, you can't deny the wrestling's phenomenal. I mean, any play that was called, you know, from any of these wrestlers, they've hit it absolutely out of the park. And they've expanded quite a bit over here in the U.S. market. Julie has defended the New Japan Strong Championship a few times here over in the States. We saw Mayu Tani defend the IWGP um, World Heavyweight Women's World Heavyweight Champion a few times over here in the States. So it does seem like they're going to be expanding outside of Japan a little bit more. Hopefully they do a lot more stuff on the East Coast over here in the States because uh, I can watch it and I can go to it and I can uh, do like a live review for uh, you fantastic folks. Um, and also we saw what they've done in Singapore. I mean, the crowds were molten hot, you know, from the, from the videos they released on YouTube. Those crowds were molten hot. So hopefully we get more stuff um, from Stardom and uh, over here in uh, 2024. Hopefully they'll expand maybe over in Canada. You know, Canada's a hot market, England for Rob, maybe Mexico, get some Lucha. Can you imagine some Azumi over there? So, uh, you know, as Stardom is coming up on the kind of a bumpy road in 2023, again, they put on some phenomenal shows, you know, night one of the five-star Grand Prix, the finals of the five-star Grand Prix, despite all the injuries, were two of the best wrestling shows in all of wrestling. So Stardom did put on some fantastic, fantastic wrestling, wrestling folk show, uh, wrestling folk, wrestling shows, folks, easy for me to say, um, you know, I know sometimes we kind of dwell on the negative and then that's kind of the easy thing to do, right? Let's look at the positive. There's so much positive and so much positive going to 2024. And I'm super excited for these three shows, not only uh, three shows, even four shows. You look at really every show, but really you look at year end climax and Cork and Hall. Um, I, you have a lot of really good stuff there. Elimination match with the Weddle tie versus uh, Queen's Quest, which seems to kind of come around like maybe once every year, year and a half or so between those those two factions. And I got no problem with it. Let them have them do it every year. You know, like the Survivor Series of the Royal Rumble, like the annual tradition. I'm all for it. You know, and then you have that really uh, banger of a six-person tag match there uh, on as your main event as we have, you know, you're basically having Megan Bain on one, you know, to, basically it's Team Mike on one side versus Team Suzu on, on the other side as you have you have uh, opposite ends of uh, your three main events for um, Dream Queendom. So that's going to be an excellent show. Cork and Hall is always hopping. You know, it's Christmas time. You know, it's going to be a packed house. I'm sure they'll do well over 1,100, 1,200 people in there. And then we fast forward five days later to Dream Queendom. That show is so stacked, especially those four championship matches. And then you throw in there Mayu's return. You throw in what will be a really, really fun uh, four-team survival match. I just saw there's uh, another six-person match that Azusa Inaba got uh, added on to with all the rookies in stardom. So I think she even tweeted out that I'm in this match with uh, five other people, and I'm like the eldest person in here as far as ring experience goes. I think she's only like 15 years old, which is uh, insane. She's phenomenal. I guess the one question is, uh, Azusa, where's your sister Tomoka? You know, is she going to show up somewhere? Maybe uh, maybe they show up after the Aphrodite um, tag match with XL and challenge the winners. That'll be something. Throw that on the uh, the, the, the card on uh, Tokyo Dome City Hall. So uh, and then you throw in that really, really random six-person tag match. That I don't care. I think it's great with Azumi teaming up with 7-Up to take on the team of Mina Shirakawa uh, uh, and Sherry. Uh, that's going to be really, really fun to uh, to, to watch that one. Uh, it's going to be hard-hitting. It's going to be pretty much right up everybody's alley. Uh, we know that Mina is going to throw down with you and Nanai Takahashi, and we know that Shiri and Azumi have some really, really good chemistry. So super excited for that one. The undercard looks really good, but those four title matches, obviously we'll get into more in-depth preview. Uh, that's going to be really, really fun. So, uh, yeah, that's really kind of all the news that we have. I know that's kind of Rob's thing. It's kind of sink his teeth into the news. 
But it's all the news that I have. Um, let's talk about what's coming up on the Patreon, folks. As uh, we are finishing up on a Queen's Quest Christmas with the alternate commentary, as uh, we just released this past week, Mayu Itani uh, challenging Io Shirai for the World of Stardom Championship from Year in Climax 2016. When we did our uh, top five female matches of all time with Alice in Danger, this match ranked number one for both myself and Rob. So we released that just this past week. And then next week, literally on Christmas Day and the day after Christmas uh, for our high speed tier and our IWGP tier and, and above, we will be releasing the uh, final match from that trilogy. Match number three, Mayu, uh, challenging once again Io Shirai for the World of Stardom Championship. Those are my two favorite women's matches of all time, and obviously my two favorite stardom matches of all time. So we did the alternate commentary back-to-back -back on that. We also released Azumi. I did an entire uh, review of Azumi's 2021 five-star Grand Prix run. That is on your Patreon feeds as well. And also coming up this week, we recorded our roundtable discussion of who had the better championship reign? Was it Sai Kamatani's V15 with the Wonder of Stardom Championship? Or was it Io Shirai's record-setting V14 with the World of Stardom Championship? And myself and Rob, we were joined by the great, the one and only, the hardest working man in all of Joshi, one Scotty Wrestling. So we just filmed that uh, just a, a few days ago. That should be on your Patreon feeds in the next few days. So, And also, too, we do have our What If episode coming up uh, by the end of the year um basically it'll be our fantasy booking rob and i are going to book what if the forbidden door was open between wwe and um wwe and stardom uh and we were able to book damage control versus queen's quest and once again it's damage control of bailey eo Kyrie, and asuka taking on queen's quest of utami haishista sai kamatami azumi and Momo Watanabe. Yes, I know Momo Watanabe is in a wedo tie, but for all you stardom historians, she was the longest leader of Queen's Quest uh, when that was basically gifted to her when Io Shirai left WWE. I uh, left stardom to go to WWE back in 2018, and Io, Momo Watanabe not only was the Wonder of Stardom champion, but became a leader of Queen's Quest at just the age of 18 years old. So. Yeah, I'm super excited. We have not recorded that yet. Uh, I got to write some notes on there. I have some ideas what I want to do, but I'm super excited for that. Um, just to see where we're going to go, because I know we all want, love to see EO back in stardom. We're going to fantasy book her back in stardom, and we're going to bring in Bailey, who's a consistent, phenomenal worker. We're going to bring Kyrie back in, and Asuka, who even though she wrestled over, over in Japan as Kana for a long, long time, has never had a match in stardom. And considering the fact that she was the one that designed the high-speed championship and the most prolific high-speed champion of all time, in my opinion, is Izumi on that opposite side. And we figured to even things out, let's bring back Queen's Quest, Momo Watanabe. And uh, considering the fact that she's still in this heel persona with the Oedo Tain just being a badass killer, uh, it's going to really make for an interesting podcast. And I just cannot wait to uh, to record that one, one with Rob and to drop that all off to you. So, uh, and folks, don't forget. Q&A is up. Not only can you ask us anything really you want to ask us. It doesn't have to be wrestling related. You want to ask us anything outside of wrestling. Or it could be, you know, WWE, AEW, New Japan, All Japan, Stardom. Uh, anything you want to ask us wrestling related. You want to sports related. You want to talk about uh, American football. You want to talk about England football. You want to talk about heavy metal music. You want to talk about parenting. I know there's some questions on there about dieting and what my workout regimen is like. By all means, folks, you can either go over to our Patreon 
drop a question there. You can always email me at thestardomcast22 at gmail.com. We can do that as well. Uh, or DM myself or Rob. You know, the, the questions, I, we're going to try to release that right before the end of the year. Um, give or take, hopefully to have that up to you by the end of the year, the end of this month. So there is really nothing off limits. Um, nothing really is off limits. Anything you want to ask us, let us know, and we will try to get to your questions or we'll leave it for the next Q&A as we try to do them every three or four months. But, um, folks, that's really it for the news. That is it. That's everything we have coming up on Patreon. Again, questions, suggestions, anything you guys need from me. You guys know how to get a hold of me. Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me there. So um, I think without any further ado, folks, we're going to get into these three show reviews um, that took place here uh, over the last week. And that would be on December 9th, December 10th, and December 17th, folks. So we'll do that. And then we'll do our EO and Kyrie watch. And I think that'll probably about do it, folks. This will be another short episode. Again, I don't have Rob to bounce anything off. We just have three shows. Um, sorry. I know that uh, this will be the second uh, less than two-hour show that we've done in the last six weeks. And it's kind of like the only negative comments we get is like, oh, it's less than two hours. But, folks, don't you worry because we have so much extra stuff coming up. And next week, our, uh, <laughs> between, uh, you know, next week with our Drink Queendom preview and our preview of the uh, – Yokohama show and the Tokyo Dome City Hall show will probably go well over two and a half hours. And again, folks, if you're if you didn't get your starting fix enough with just listening to me, go over to YouTube, click on that uh, extra bonus Christmas episode with myself, Rob and Karen Peterson doing a uh, over two hour episode talking about the one and only Julia. And everybody loves, loves that Julia. I'll tell you what, drop something in the comment box because I know Karen wants to come back on and do more retrospectives. And if you enjoyed it, I don't see why you wouldn't. If you enjoyed it, let us know what other retrospectives would you like us to do? Like a Mayu, an Azumi, Starlight Kid. You know, let us know. We're always open for to suggestions because uh, that's what we do, folks. Um, okay, folks, let's get into these three shows that we are going to or that I am going to uh, review for you all. And big shout out to my main man, Darren Chatton, that uh, anytime that I am tasked to do these solo shows, that I always ask him for the numbers of the shows. And as always, he came through in about 20 minutes and was able to hit me up with the numbers. So, Darren, as always, thanks for bailing me out and uh, always appreciate your support and the kind words you always say. So let's go to December 9th, 2023, obviously. We are in Osaka in front of 324 people. Folks, I got to tell you. You know, Stardom, they had that show where they only drew 114 people two weeks ago, and the crowd was kind of quiet. These three shows, the crowd was lot, the crowds were loud, and they seemed pretty packed. Didn't seem like there were too many empty seats, so kudos to Stardom just turning it around. Again, I mentioned it last week. I think the poor attendance had to do with the fact that it was probably like 20 degrees in that building. Like, you really want to be sitting there watching a wrestling show when it's 20 degrees? Back in the heyday, maybe I would have, but I'm getting, you know, hey, I'm in my 40s now, so I'm a... Uh, I get cold quick. Um, match number one from the show saw Mina Shirakawa winning a three-way dance against Saida and Yuzuki when she pinned Yuzuki with the Hurricane backfist in eight minutes and one second. I had this match at three and a half stars. Match number two, speaking of stars, let me my own segue, saw the stars team of Hanan and Hazuki defeating the Donald, the DDM, Donna Del Mundo team of May Sakurai and Tekla when we saw Hana rolling up uh, Tekla with the 17 roll up at eight minutes and two seconds. And I also gave this one three and a half stars. Hana, Zuki, what a fantastic team. And that's what's so great about stardom. You can kind of mix and match 
a lot of these wrestlers in their factions, and you're going to get quality matches. Speaking of quality matches, boy, howdy, match number three. Folks, this is the one. If you watch one match from the show, watch this match. Watch this match regardless, because this is going to play into the tag match at Dream Queendom, the, the Goddess of Stardom tag match at Dream Queendom. Match number three saw the Oedo Tai team of Momo Watanabe, Natsuko Tora, Ruwaka, and Starlight Kid defeating the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Utami Hayashista, Miyu Amasaki, and Sayakamatani in 10 minutes and 41 seconds when Momo Watanabe pinned Sayakamatani after the Peach Sunrise. Again, 10 minutes, 41 seconds. I gave this one four stars. Folks, if you've been listening to the podcast a while, first of all, we thank you. Second of all, on these like non-pay-per-view shows, it's very rare that I give a match four stars. Like It really has to really catch my eye in order to to kind of break into that four star mold. Uh, and this one did. There was like, I think, one or two other matches on this tour that did. It just goes to show you that stardom is really going full speed ahead into these year end shows. This was great for so many reasons. Uh, so many reasons. Let's get the elephant out of the room. Usually, when you see these pairings, if you've been watching stardom, uh, you see these pairings, you're like, okay, well, maybe Queen's Quest is going to win and it's going to be Ruwaka that's going to take the fall, right? Because Starlight Kid, they're kind of protecting because we think that she's challenging Mayu. Um, on the 4th of January at Tokyo Dome City Hall for the IWGP Champion, Women's Championship. Momo and Tora are challenging at the end of the year. Uh, they're challenging Aphrodite, Utami, and Saya for the Goddess of Stardom Championship. So if anybody's eat the Fauna Wedotai, it's not going to be the three of them. It's going to be Ruaka. However, you go to the Queen's Quest side, you have Azumi, Utami, Saya, and Miyu. We're not going to pin Utami and Saya, right? They're our tag champs. We're not going to pin them. Azumi's pretty well protected. I guess she can eat a fall, but Miyu is in here, so Miyu's going to eat the pinfall. So you know you're going to have a great great match, and but you know that it's going to be Miyu or Ruwaka that takes the pinfall. However, it's Saikamatani, the former Wonder of Stardom champion, the one that was very heavily rumored to win this year's five-star Grand Prix and headline Sumo Hall coming up here on the 29th. She takes the pinfall from Momo Watanabe. Remembers about a month, month and a half ago, that Megan Bain pinned Wonder of Stardom champion Mirai. We're like, oh, in a tag match. Like, oh, we kind of figured. I forget who was on the op- other other side. It might have been May uh, Sarah. Figured she would have eaten the fall or would have went to the old uh, TLD. But I thought this was it was interesting because now you're kind of just sitting up like, oh, are they gonna you know do something Megan Bain and Mirai, or just a great way to build up Megan Bain to say, hey, you know, I pinned your Wonder of Stardom champion. I pinned your back to back Cinderella uh, tournament winner. Um, clean in the middle of the ring with the F5. And this was great because how it led to is like Utami tries to come in for the save because Momo and Ruaka, not excuse me, Momo and Tora XL, the challengers, are just doubled as this match gets going. I'll, I'll break down the match in a little bit. As this match gets going, they're uh, double teaming Sire, really putting her down. And then Utami would come in for the save, or you'd have an Izumi and Miyu combination, like O2 line coming in for the save. But they do a great job just building up XL here, you know, getting Momo and Tor, they're challenging for the titles. And Saya, no disrespect to Izumi, Miyu, or Tommy, Saya is the best seller of the group. Saya is probably the second best seller in the company behind Mayu. No disrespect to anybody else. They're all, Saya is selling, especially in that Wonder Stardom Championship run, really went to another level. So if you're going to have one person get over a team to really, you know, jet them into their, ta- their tag title match, it makes sense it would be Saya. So then Utami comes coming in for the save, and then eventually the ref gets blinded. She gets hit with the baseball bat. Sai gets hit with the baseball bat. And then you see, again, more XL teamwork. 
that eventually leads to Momo hitting, you know, her one of her big finishes, the Peach Sunrise, that puts Sayakama Tani away. I'm like, wow, that's genius. That makes perfect sense because the tail end of this match is just building up Momo and Tor for their tag title match. And they could have pinned me, you, and you're like, okay. But the fact that they pinned Saya, one half of the Goddess of Stardom tag champs, especially after her just coming back from that injury, and she's just white hot right now. And Enutami as well. And this Queen's Quest faction is just firing on all cylinders. I thought this was genius. And it really makes that match, which I believe it's like fourth from the top now on the card. I think the main event is Suzu and Micah. Co-main event is Mariah versus Soriano, which those should be the one and two. And then I believe Julian Megan Bain is going to go on third to last in Momo. And then the tag title match is going to be fourth to last. But regardless of where they put it on the card, you're like, nah, that makes it more interesting. What I knew was going to be a great match, and you have all these ties with Tora and Oedo Tigers, Queen's Quest, and Momo Watanabe was the former leader, broke away from Queen's Quest now two years ago. Um, and then you had that cage match, you know, at the, uh, in the, uh, the beginning of the summer, which another great show and a, an absolute match of the year contender in that cage match. So you throw that all then on here, and then you have Momo pinning Sai in the middle of the ring. And the fact they had to do a little bit of cheating, not much baseball bat shot, wasn't like pulling the ref, missed, you know, 4,000 people running in. It was just one baseball bat shot, got rid of, got rid of Utami, one to wear down Saya, and then Momo hitting the peach sunrise. I thought it was genius. I thought it was an absolute genius. And again, now it makes this championship match coming up here next Friday mean so much more. It's to be very, very interesting to see maybe if Saya is going to get her win back by pinning Momo. At the same time, Saya did beat Momo Watanabe earlier this year at the uh, Supreme Fight Show, the anniversary show, to break Momo's uh, record of most successful Wonder of Stardom Championship matches. So uh, very interesting to see, but uh, we're going to break down this match here a little bit. Yeah, Vizumi and Starlight Kid start the match out. And easily, you know, if you know their history, or if you've even seen their last match or the last two matches, you're sitting up in your seat like, okay, I know this is going to be the entire match, but even if I get 60 seconds of this, this is going to be great. And it was. They really, they never miss. They never miss. So you have Azumi and Starlight Kid basically giving us like a minute of like a high-speed match. That's absolute gold. And then it turns into typical Oedo tie match. So you get the Oedo tie mat uh, brawl. And then we get some heat on Miyu. Um, basically, it's like really shining up Starlight Kid here. She does a real lot, lot of her cool stuff to Miyu here. A lot of tags. You see obviously Tor hitting the cannonball. Momo peppering poor Miyu with her brutal kicks. And then you basically would see um, Aphrodite come in for the save. And then you would see maybe a Tor come in or a Momo come in to try to break up the uh, the momentum that Aphrodite does. And then you would see some O2 line teamwork with Miyu and, and uh, Azumi. And I thought that was really good. And again, much very much like they've done in the past few shows is Azumi, Utami, and Sai would hit one or two big moves or they hit a tag move. And they would let Miyu hit the... Uh, the big the big DDT she does. She does the tornado DDT and that big running DDT. Or they would set somebody up. I think Tommy hit maybe it was Ruaka with um a clothesline in the turnbuckle. And by the time Miyu got up for her from her selling, it's like, oh I have I have somebody in the turnbuckle. I could do my handspring elbow. So it's really cool. Again, I mentioned it last week how they're setting up Miyu for her big moves and it's taking the uh, elder uh I don't want to say elder the seasoned, the cha- the former, cha- all the former champions from Queen's Quest to set it up. I thought that was really good stuff. Tor is great here. Mom was great here. Ruaka played her role really, really well. Uh, for an eight-person uh, tag match, this is one of the best items had in a, you know, in a long time. But they're doing a lot of this really good with their factions because they know where to place certain things 
Especially, again, you have Momo, Tor, Starlight Kid, main eventers, Azumi, Tommy, uh, Sai Kamatani, all main eventers. Uh, really good stuff here. And I like, obviously, the main team in Queen's Quest. Folks, if you have not figured out yet, I'm a ginormous fan of Queen's Quest. My favorite faction uh, currently wrestling. Maybe my favorite faction ever. You know, you put up with the Horsemen, the NWO, and GX. It's like my favorite factions ever. Obviously, Utami and Saya are the go-to team here. But it's really cool when you see, like, ma they mix things up with Azumi and Saya Kamatani doing some of the tag work. Or uh, Utami and Azumi, they do that really cool spot where Azumi comes over uh, and Utami grabs her. And then they do, like, a, a 360. And Azumi basically, like, kicks all of her opponents. And everybody drops down like bowling balls. I thought that was really, really cool. Uh, re again, really good stuff here. Go out of your way to see this match. It really sets up their championship match coming up here at the end of the year very well. Match number four saw Megan Bain defeating Alice Inc. in five minutes and 46 seconds uh, with the F5. I gave that match three and a quarter stars. Match number five saw the God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai, and Shiri defeating uh, kind of a makeshift team here of Hanako, Yuna Mizumori, and Sorianu, I guess, maybe a Cosmic Angels team, uh, when we saw Mirai crush poor Yuna with the Lariat in 11 minutes, 26 seconds, three and three-fourth stars. Uh, this was, and they're doing, again, they're doing a great job with this, and we're gonna, we'll get into it when we get to the main event of the show, where this is a preview of the co-main event of the Wonder of Stardom Championship coming up again at Dream Queendom, where they did a lot of stuff with Mirai and Soriano. Not a lot, but enough to kind of like whet your appetite of what you're going to see. I know we had that 30-minute uh, draw about a month or so ago, which was fantastic between the two, and we're just getting a little bit more here, um, which was great. I thought Yuna was great here. Hanako and Ami Sori, they did a great job with the tackle fest and you know showing who's the strongest of either the team. I thought that was great. And there were some really good interactions with Sayori and Shuri. And again, that's a match somewhere down the line. Hopefully, uh, sorry, uh, Sayori gets signed to a full-time contract, and I would love to see her and Sherry somewhere down the line in a singles match. I thought that would be great. Uh, again, great job highlighting both Mirai and Soriano. Eventually, that was Mirai crushing poor Yuna with the Lariat to getting the win. That was another really, really good match. Folks, the main event. The main event. Oh, boy. Uh, this was fantastic. Again, that eight-person tag match that I just ranted on about uh, in a positive way, I think. That as great as that was, and I said four stars. It's very rare for a uh, one of these non-pay-per-view shows to for me to get four stars. As great as that match was, it was not the best match of the show. This was the best match of the show. We saw the main event saw the Donald and Mendel team of Julia and Micah defeating the crazy star team of May Sarah and Suzu Suzuki. When, and um, I don't have a time. I did not write the time. Write down time. I apologize. Way to be uh, way to be on point there, Matt Turner. Uh, when we did see the Holy Demon Army finish and the Mijinoku Driver putting May Sarah away, I had this at four and a quarter stars. Folks, watch this match. Watch this match. Watch the Queen's Quest versus a Weta Time match. These are perfect setups, perfect builds up, perfect appetizers, if you will, uh, for what we're going to see. Excuse me, at Dream Queendom. This was really, really good. Um, again, if you don't know what the Holy Demon Army finisher is, my second favorite tag team of all time is the Holy Demon Army of uh, Toashi Kawada and Akira Tawe uh, from All Japan back in the 90s. My number one team, if you're wondering, is the Rock and Roll Express. We're still active today. Crazy. Absolutely love it. Wrestling is the best. So their finisher would be that Tawe would, excuse me, Kawada would grab the opponent and either try to set him up for a backdrop driver or a German suplex, and then Tawe would come and uh, goozle the, uh, the person 
and they would hit a choke slam, backdrop driver, or German suplex combination, combination, and drop them right on their head. Basically, that's what happened here to uh, poor May. And then if that wasn't enough, Micah puts the exclamation point on this match by hitting not only hitting the Mijinoku driver, as soon as she hits it, she stares right at Suzu. It's like, I just destroyed your tag partner. And actually, now that I'm talking about it, it happened in the, uh, the the prior match as well. With um, Once Mariah hit the Larry on Yuna, she, when she was pinning Yuna, she was staring right, right at Sayori, which I believe Sherry was holding Sayori back from breaking up the pinfall. So again, really great stuff. We're doing a great job building to these last uh, three or four matches coming up at Dream Queendom. But uh, folks, this match, it, you're not getting hammerlocks. You're not getting headlocks. You're not getting catch-as-catch-can wrestling. As much as I love that stuff, uh, this quickly goes. It gets violent. Suzu and Micah, they, this is the best story the last three or four months that Stardom had. It's a reason why this is the main event. It's a reason why we're going to be crowning a brand new World of Stardom champion. There's a reason why, in my opinion, it doesn't matter who comes out, whether it's Mike or Suzu. For us Stardom fans, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. Whoever Rossi thinks is going to be the better fit going into 2024, I'm all in. I am all in. Sign me up, good sir. I'm ready to ride the roller coaster. But this match starts out with them just getting violent. We get forearms. We get out-the-way brawling. Obviously, Julia, we know, we know Julia is very, very violent. May, God bless her. She's so bubbly and so personable and so lovely. She gets violent as this basically just turns into, again, I grew up in the ECW. I grew up, you know, in the 80s and 90s right outside of Philadelphia. So I'm a big ECW kid at heart. This turns into an ECW arena style brawl is because this one quickly goes all over the place, especially with Suzu and Micah. They do a great job building towards Suzu and Micah. They just they're just dropping each other left and right. Really good stuff here with Julia um, working over Suzu's arm. She uh, locks in a grounded hammerlock with the head scissors. Um, eventually, though, Suzu's able to get out. May comes in with the blockbuster onto Micah for the save. Uh, Crazy Star start running some double teams onto Micah, hitting the total elimination and whatnot. Uh, Micah winds up hitting a superplex to Suzu and then holds on to the superplex and then hits her version of the STO, which is called the Sazanka which to me sounds like something you should order out of a coffee shop regardless. Um, and then we get this brutal Micah and Suzu sprint to the end where they're just kicking, forearming, layering each other. Really, really good stuff. Um, Suzu escapes the Holy Demon Army finisher. Uh, May gets tagged in. May comes in with her big drop kicks to Micah. Uh, we get the crazy star lung blower German suplex combination to Micah. But even though Suzu was able to d avoid the Holy Demon Army finisher, her partner, the high-speed champion, one Miss May was not able to uh, dodge the Holy Demon Army finisher as she eats that in the Mijinoku driver for a three count. Again, folks, four and a quarter stars. Go out of your way to see this match. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Folks, we go on to the very next night. We go to the 10th of December in Kobe in front of 231 people. Match number one, Sasai Ida defeating the rookie, Yazuki with the Boston Crab in nine minutes and one second. I had said three and a half stars. Really, really good match. Match number two, saw Megan Bain defeat the other starting rookie, Hanako, when Megan Bain hits the F5 
in 5 minutes and 12 seconds. I had this one at 3 and a quarter stars. Match number three, Suzu Suzuki and Yuna Mizumori. We see these two uh, pair quite up a bit. This one did not disappoint when we saw Suzu pinning Yuna Mizumori with the tequila shot. Five minutes, 32 seconds. I had it at three and a half stars. My main note, it was very good, just too short. Too short. They would have given us maybe seven and a half, eight minutes. I think it would have been closer to that four-star range because these two have really good chemistry. just seems like they just need to give them a little bit more time. Match number four, we get our first time limit draw as the Stars team of Hazuki and Hanan go to a time limit draw with Mina Shirakawa and the high-speed champion, one May Sierra. Um, do have to point out, as Mina was coming out, she noticed in the second row that one Himika, formerly retired Himika, is in the crowd. So it's nice to see Himika popping up from time to time to support her friends. I hope she's in the crowd uh, for her former tag partner, uh, Micah, her main event match, biggest match in her career against Suzu Suzuki, because I think that would just bring the emotion up even more. Again, that's something that I'm sure Rob and I will cover next week. So that's nice. Like, you see Arisa Hoshinki when she retired. We have no idea. I think she, like, played in a band. She did something with Actress Girls. We really didn't see much of her. With Himika, we've been seeing her doing stuff with Julia on, uh, on Twitter. We've been seeing her, obviously, hang out quite a bit with Micah over on social media, where it's nice that she is still in the public eye. Again, she doesn't want to wrestle. Completely understandable. She got her fix. She got her what she's doing. Um, she's happy in life, it seems, and God bless her. But it's really cool still supporting not just her friends, but the brand that is stardom. So I thought that was really cool. Mina comes over, points to her, and then um, uh, Himika doesn't want any of the spotlight. She's like, no, 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 you go and wrestle. Basically doesn't want any of the spotlight on her. I thought that was really cool. If you did see... Uh, uh, All-Star Grand Queendom that Mina did do the entrance for Himika's last match against Micah. So there's a much of a big bond there. And then when Mina won the uh, Wonder of Stardom Championship later that day when she was leaving, uh, the not the venue, but basically leaving the main concourse of the area, Himika coming over to her and gave her a big hug. So we know that there is a there's a history, a very good history between Mina and Himika there. And that was that was nice. That did my that plugged my heartstrings real well. Um Again, what I also we we're basically seeing a more violent May Sarah because May and Hannah really get into it in this one. Start of the match, end of the match, post match. I mean, these two really, really got into each other. And I mentioned it before. We know that Hannah, if she stays healthy and she wants to continue her wrestling, she's going to miss everything in Stardom. There's no reason why her and Mayu cannot have a goddess run um, in the next 12 to 18 months. There's no reason in the next two or three years. Hana can't have a Wonder of Stardom Championship run. There's no reason in the next two or three years Hana can't have a World of Stardom Championship run. Hana's fantastic. There's no reason why her, Mayu, Saida, Hazuki, uh, Koguma, anyway, Momo Kogo, any three of them can have can't have a Artist of Stardom Championship run. But I mentioned this a couple of times on the show. Why not a high speed run? She really does the high speed offense really well. We've seen those future Stardom Championship matches that she had back in 2022. That she has these really good sprint matches, these really good five, six minute matches that started a lot of the pay per views. And then she had a phenomenal 15 minute draw with Tomoka Inaba. So we know that she can work the high speed style. May Sarah is eventually going to be running out of opponents because there's not a lot of opponents for that high speed division. Usually they have to bring people in outside of stardom. You know, we've seen it with uh, Moko Hanazono. We've seen it uh, with May Saruga, which is fine. I'd love to see May Saruga back in stardom. She's terrific. But I uh, would love to see maybe Han in here get a crack at the high-speed championship. I think that'd be a good place for her if they don't do anything with her and Mayu getting a run with the goddess, which I'm all for Utami and Saya having the longest run ever 
with those belts. So really, really good stuff here. They're really uh, interesting things going back and forth. Hazuki and Mina Shirakawa. I mentioned it on, la on last week's show. We got a preview of hopefully what we will see a wonder of stardom championship match or maybe a finals for the uh, five-star Grand Prix or the finals maybe for the Cinderella tournament because these two threw down. And I mentioned it on last week's show. We've never seen a Hazuki versus Mina Shirakawa one-on-one -on -one singles match, a big singles match that really meant a lot. And I think that Mina, she needs that wonder of stardom championship, big long run. We thought we were going to get it. We didn't. She only had the one successful title defense against Natsupoy, which was fantastic. She had that chase for it, lost it. They put it on Tam. I understand why, because Tam was the one really selling the tickets and the merchandise. They kind of wanted to strike while the iron was hot. I get it. I don't agree with it. But I think Mina needs that run. I think Mina needs that run, and I think that Hazuki needs that run as well. At least Mina's had the belt. Like, you know, for all the Mina fans, so I'm a huge fan of Mina Shirakawa. If you remember last spring, again, to everybody that's been listening to this podcast for a long time, last spring I mentioned this Mina Shirakawa. She's putting in the work. She's consistently getting better at each and every outing. And we see her in kickboxing gyms and MMA gyms. And then she went and visited uh, the Billy Robinson Snake Pit over in uh, over there in uh, in Japan, which I'm a huge fan. And uh, I participate in catch wrestling. So I'm all about that um, as I'm lucky enough to train at the Snake Pit from time to time over, you know, not too far away from where I live. Um, so that I was like, she's, she's going to be something. She's going to be something. And, and I called it months in advance. Again, anything that you do, you put in the effort, you have passion, you have discipline, you know, you have focus. You're not going to take no for an answer. You're going to improve on what's pro wrestling, whether it's pro football, what's flipping pancakes, digging ditches, you know, anything that you want to be a lawyer, anything that you want to do, folks, when you put your heart and soul into it and you're putting the time into it and you're having discipline, you're not taking no for an answer and you're thinking outside the box, uh, I'm all for, and we've seen Mina do that time and time again. And um, Mina, again, I'm a huge, huge fan of Mina Shirakawa. However, I did ask Santa Claus for Christmas. I was a good boy this year. He asked me, he said, Uncle Matt Turner, what's the one thing that you want? He said, what's the two things that you want for Christmas? I said, one, I want everybody to be safe, happy, and healthy. I said, two, I want a Hazuki Wonder of Stardom Championship run. Huge fan of Hazuki. As much as maybe Hazuki gets a red belt run, which I can see. I think the white belt, the wonder belt has more of a story. You know, she's challenged for it five times. She's lost to Io. She's lost to Kyrie. She's lost to Momo. She's lost to Arisa, And she's lost to Sai Kamatani. Probably if you were to rate the top five greatest wonder of stardom champions, that's probably all right there. And if you remember in that press conference she had with Sai Kamatani going to Triangle Derby Finals, she said that's the main reason why she came back to stardom. Back in 2019, she retired. She came back two years later towards the end of 2021. And I think that's like the big story. And I would love to see Mina get a big five, six, seven month run with this belt. And then maybe Hazuki wins the Cinderella tournament. And then she waits maybe two or three months. And then they usually do a pay-per-view at the beginning of the summer in Fukuoka, which is Hazuki's hometown. And maybe that's where Hazuki upends Mina after Mina gets that five, six, seven month run. If this, if that's what we got, this is a preview here. I know I'm ranting. Uh, I remember mean, trying to stretch the podcast out here for everybody that wants the uh, two-hour show, which we won't go. Um, pardon me, but um, yeah, we get a Hazuki mode. We get Mina mode. We get great throwdowns here. Again, a Hazuki Mina. That's what's great about the Stardom roster is you can switch things up, keep things fresh. You can always go back. You know, Hazuki versus Mina. It's fresh mashup, mashup, a matchup, mashup, mashup. Um. You know, that's what's great. And you can always go back to the ones that work, you know, 
Mayu Momo, Shuri versus Tommy. Um, but again, kind of get back on track here. Yeah, let's get a Hazuki versus Mina match started in 2024. Something big. Something big. Um, it looks like uh, we're going to get something with Hanan in May as well. Again, maybe a high-speed championship match. Maybe coming up on that Tokyo Dome City Hall. Really great stuff here. Again, this is another match that broke with the... Uh, I usually don't say... You know, I'm, I might just throw that out anymore because they're so good. This is four stars. Another four-star match on these shows. Really, really good. Uh, we have the... Basically, time expires. 15 minutes of just a great match. And then we get more heat with Han and May after the bell. So, uh, really interesting stuff there to see where that's going to go. Stardom is very, very good with their booking when it comes to stuff like this. So, I don't think that's going to do something just to, just to have a throwaway. So, I think we're going to see something with Hana uh, maybe challenging for the high-speed championship coming up here. Maybe in the next week or so. Maybe in the next week or so. We shall see as we don't have May lined up for any with these three big shows coming up. We don't have her lined up for any high-speed championship. I know she's in the Triangle Derby, but you know what I mean. Match number five, the co-main event of this show. We ended this uh, these two shows with two back-to-back elimination matches, which are always fun to watch. Pinfall, submission, and or over-the-top rope and disqualification is how you get eliminated. So we had uh, the Uenotai team of Starlight Kid, Momo Watanabe, and Ruwaka defeating the God's Eye team of Shuri, Mirai, Amisori, and Alice Inc. when the final two people were Starlight Kid, and Alice Inc. when Starlight Kid pins Alice Inc. at 15 minutes and 41 seconds with the Tiger Suplex, also known as the Star Suplex. I had this one at three and three-four stars. Uh, I'm just going to go over the eliminations. Natsuko Tora and Mirai both eliminate each other over the top, double over the top rope. Ami Sori pins Ruwaka with the Blue Thunder Bomb. Momo Watanabe eliminates Ami by taking her over the top rope, and then we get a double over the top rope uh, between Shuri and Momo Watanabe, which was fantastic because those two are just kicking each other and forming each other on the apron and trying to see who's going to go over. Eventually, they both go over, and then we get a mini final match with Starlight Kid and Alice Inc., who I'm just a huge fan of, and we see a Starlight Kid pinning Alice Inc. with the Tiger Suplex. Again, three and three-fourth stars, and I forgot to mention this in the news section. I may as well mention it now. Um... I thought Alice Inc. was me hanging around Stardom a little bit more. And I even mentioned it again last week that Alice Inc. is in God's eye, which means she's in the perfect faction for her because she is a shoot-style wrestler, very hard-hitting, great at the submission. She's in the perfect faction to learn from submission experts and hard-hitting experts like Amisori, Shuri, and Mirai. And then I just saw, I think it was just yesterday, Monday or Tuesday, that Rossi Ogawa tweeted a picture of Alice Inc. at the airport saying that uh, Alice Inc. is back home or she's flying back home. I was like, oh, I thought she's going to be sticking around a little bit longer. Maybe my only thought process on this, I'm like, why would you put her in a faction then? My only thought process was, it's the holidays. Maybe she wants to be home. Maybe she wants to be home with her family. Who doesn't? I know I do. Then maybe we'll see her back in January, February, rejoin God's Eye and come back to stardom. Because I think this her run has been fantastic and we're going to get into it in a little bit. Her match with Suzu Suzuki on this final night was her best one, in my opinion. Main event of this show saw the Queen's Quest team of Sai Kamatani, Miyu Amasaki, Azumi, and Utami Hayashista defeating the Donald Amundo team of Julia, Tekla, Mai Sakurai, and Micah when it was Utami Hayashista pinning Mai Sakurai after a deadlift German suplex, 18 minutes, 26 seconds, and 3 and 3 fourth stars. Uh, Utami was the sole survivor of this match. Again, folks, I am going to go through uh, just the eliminations here. 
the very first elimination saw Tekla pinning Miyu with the O'Connor roll and the Bob Backlund bridge. Then we saw Azumi quickly pinning Tekla with the Azumi Sushi. We have Saya and uh, Micah did a double over the top rope um, spot. Very much like Momo and Shuri in the previous match. Really good apron fight between the two. You didn't know which way it was going to go. Um, and then we have uh, Utami and Azumi. We have phenomenal teamwork. Again, it's really cool when you have the non-Aphrodite pairs pair out because they're really good. Utami and Azumi have some really good double team stuff on the Julia. Eventually, uh, great stuff with uh, May Sakurai coming in and um, my Sakurai. May Sakurai. My Sakurai. Uh <laughs> My, May, my, my Sakurai. Again, I know someone will correct me. I know we got it right last week. I apologize, folks. Uh, my Sakurai. Really great stuff here. Basically fending off from Tommy and Izumi. But eventually, um, Julie and Izumi do a double over the top rope. We get some really, really good stuff, though, with uh, Utami giving May quite a bit. My, my, quite a bit here. Um, basically taking someone that's kind of in the middle of the card with a great gimmick and a great hat. Giving her a lot of stuff here on the former World of Stardom champion, preventing Tsutami putting Sakurai away with the German suplex. Folks, let's get into the final show of this review, and then we'll do our EO and Kyrie watch, uh, which is actually really, really uh, good for this past week. And then we'll do the plugs, and we will get up on here, and we will get you guys ready to rock and roll for your Christmas season. Get that eggnog going. We go to the 17th of December, the very first match. It's uh, a three-way match with Mina Shirakawa defeating Yuna Mizumori and Hanako with the Glamorous Collection. Mina onto uh, Hanako at 7 minutes, 44 seconds. I had this at three and a quarter stars. Match number two, the, the return of Lady C teaming with her uh, 2023 Goddess of Stardom Tournament tag partner, Amisori, as the Tokyo Towers. Uh, Lady C and Amisori got the win over Sai Kamatani and the rookie Yuzuki as Ami taps Yuzuki via the Boston Crab. 11 minutes, 16 seconds, three and a half stars against Sai Kamatani. She's just so excited to be back in wrestling. She's so infectious. She follows, there's very few people that I don't think I'd ever buy as a heel. Like when they had Ricky Morton go to Richard Morton, I'm like, eh, he did his best, but whatever. Ricky Steamboat, if, if uh, for any of you wrestling historians, he told Pat Patterson back in like 86, 87, he wanted to turn heel. Pat Patterson told him, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but I might have this right because Ricky Steamboat's my all-time favorite wrestler. He told him, uh, hey, Ricky, you can come down the ring and chop somebody's head off with a chainsaw and no one will buy it because you're so lovable. And then Mayu is the other one. Uh, yeah, I just don't know if I could ever buy Mayu as a heel. Sai Kamatani's in that role. I just can't see Saya ever as a heel. She's so lovable. She's so likable. She's great at selling. She's so infectious with her partners. And uh, I thought it was so cool that, uh, you know, Yuzuki, she's the super rookie. We're all impressed. Everything she does, her selling, her levels of selling in this Boston Crab, where basically this entire match just worked around the Boston Crab. And it makes sense because just how good Ami works it and how great Yuzuki is with the selling. But, like, she gets in the ring and she basically has Yuzuki doing the Queen's Quest pose. And I was like, oh, as a diehard Queen's Quest fan, I hope that's where Yuzuki winds up. And she's a big match. I can see her in a year, year and a half, her being a big match wrestler. You know, I can see her. How great would she be in these six-person tag matches with Saya, with Tommy, with Izumi, with an ever-proving Miyu. Lady Seed's fantastic as well. I'm all for it. And hopefully that's where she winds up. Uh, we have a lot of people that are in Star that are in factions. You know, Suzu, not in a faction. May, not in a faction. Uh, obviously, uh, Yuzuki, not in a faction. Aya Sakura, not in a faction. Hanako, not in a faction. We have these two new rookies coming up. So 
Uh, we might be having a uh, maybe mini stardom draft maybe coming up here towards the end of uh, end of the winter. So we shall see. Keep, you know, we'll keep it interesting. Match number three saw the stars team of Hazuki, Hana, and Saeeda defeating the Queen's Quest team of Utami Hayashisa, Miyu Amasaki, and Izumi in 11 minutes and 47 seconds when Hana pins Miyu with the Izumi special, or Izumi special, with the Hana special, <laughs> with the Hana special in uh, 11 minutes, 47 seconds. I had this at three and three fourth stars. This was probably my favorite match of this this show from the 17th. Really good stuff. We saw some phenomenal throwdowns with Utami and Hazuki. I mean, they have great chemistry. Really good stuff here. I liked how in the beginning, this the stars start out with their triple teamwork. Um, and they do it right on Miyu. They hit their, you know, their boom, boom spot going to their, you know, it's it's almost like a high speed off the rope spot, which still amazes me how, like if anybody's off a half a second, they're going to be, timing's going to be off, ring positioning's off. It's just going to be, it's not going to look good. And they, I think it's like 10 times out of 10. They hit it so well. So they hit it on Miyu. And then Utami's like, yeah, I'm not taking any more of this. And she just comes in, basically just runs everything on Hazuki, uh, Han, and Saida. Azumi comes in as well as we see some phenomenal double teams uh, from the former World of Stardom champion and the former High Speed champion in Otami and Azumi. Eventually, though, Hazuki gets the advantage because that's what Hazuki does. She goes full Hazuki mode. And we see all three members of Queen's Quest laying in the ropes, setting up for the triple face wash and boot scrapes from stars. I thought that was really good stuff. And then we get a really nice sprint with Hanan and Miyu Amasaki towards the end. Really good stuff with Miyu countering a lot of hands things. Eventually, though, the Hanan special putting away one Miyu Amasaki. Really, really good match. Folks, I mentioned a few minutes ago, my favorite match from Alice Inc.'s run, not counting the UWF match. I know the UWF match, it's, it's an acquired taste. I love them. I love shoot-style wrestling. I love when you can blur the lines of what's, you know, of what wrestling can and can't be. I'm a huge fan of UWF matches, uh, literally to the point where I might be doing maybe something maybe once a month, somewhere in 2024, where I just do like a UWF podcast. That's something that I might do. Let me know. Let me know if you guys want me to do that. But uh, outside of that UWF match, this is my favorite Alice Inc. match that she's had, whether it's tag or whether it's singles. Her and Suzu Suzuki were fantastic here. Um, so match number four, Suzu Suzuki defeating Alice Inc. Uh, in seven minutes and 52 seconds with the tequila shot. I had this at three and three-fourth stars. This was really good because we've seen Suzu in these singles matches leading up to her match with Micah where it's only going like five or six minutes. And this one was a shade under eight. If it got another minute longer, I think it would have been even better because it seemed like just as it was getting going and building like they took it home. But I get it. It's like you have a lot of people on this roster injured. Um, you saw Suzu with Yuna. Yuna throws down. Um, there's a possibility that, heaven forbid, something happens. Suzu gets hurt. You don't want that. Alice thinks she knows how to throw down. So I kind of get it how you're, you want to keep. You're keeping Micah in these tag matches, taking away minimal damage. At the same time, her looking good and making her an opponent look good. And they're doing the same thing with Suzu. But they, Suzu gave Alice think a lot in this match. Like Alice think hit this really good Rana that sent Suzu to the floor. And then Alice Inc. hits this beautiful uh, suicide dive. Like, almost like Mayu Hazuki-esque. Like, just really picture-perfect. And I was like, oh, I didn't know she can do that. Like, I know she had a really good Rana. And then, obviously, the strikes are really good. The submissions are really good. She's very good at, you know, shining her opponents up as well. I thought that was really good. And then uh, some really cool uh, spots here with Suzu coming back with that kick trio. Hits the release German suplex. Uh, she hits the flurry kick for a two-count. And then finally puts Alice Inc. away with a tequila shot. This is really good, folks. You know, if you're just uh, getting ready to rock and roll for the main event of Dream Queendom, 
this is a great appetizer for you because Alice Link really throws down. And Suzu, especially those flurry kicks towards the end, really throws down. I thought this was really, really good. Um, match number five, we have the uh, the God's Eye team of Mirai and uh, Shuri uh, going to a time limit draw with Megan Bain and Soriano. Uh, obviously, this was, you figured this was going to be like more Mirai versus Soriano, but Megan Bain wanted to start it. And uh, Mirai basically does not shy away from Megan Bain at all. So really good stuff here. Eventually, though, um, again, more Shuri versus Soriano. Um, really good stuff. Again, they have really good chemistry together. Soriano is kind of, again, she's that person that's wrestling for starting but doesn't sign full-time. I know that she's doing that Sukiban stuff over here in the States. Love for a show um, to come over maybe towards the East Coast. I know they did one in Orlando, and I think they're doing one in Vegas, somewhere in the West Coast. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to see one. But regardless, I think Soriano and the end of the sisters – need to be a priority for Rossi to sign, you know, put pen to paper to get them to sign to be on these shows full-time. Very much like how Suzu Suzuki was kind of like the uh, the person that I think Asa's fans wanted her to sign full-time when she did. I think we all rejoiced. I hope Soriano, she signs full-time. But uh, her stuff here with Megan Bain was really good. Obviously, again, this match is just to kind of wet your whistle to what we're going to see with Mirai and Sariano uh, coming up on Dream Queendom. Three and three, four stars, time limit draw. We go to match number six. The main event saw the Donald Domando team of Julia, Tekla, Micah, and Mai Sakurai defeating the Uenotai team of Momo Watanabe, Ruaka, Starlight Kid, and Natsuko Tora when Micah pins Ruaka in 15 minutes, 25 seconds with the Mijinoku driver. I had this at three and three fourth stars. Solid match. Everybody was able to get you know what they needed to get in. Julia, usually in these multi-person matches, you kind of see her just play the hits, does what she needs to do. Obviously, she chews up the scene because she's fantastic. But the minute from curtain to curtain, like you just can't keep your eyes off her because she's so mesmerizing. And everything she does in the ring, whether she's learning for two minutes or 20 minutes, it's always pitch perfect. Uh, and what she does is obviously she's the leader. She's the star of pretty much any match she's in. What usually you see is she'll she'll do what she needs to do, and then she'll let Tekla shine what she does. She'll let Micah sign, uh, shine, which now Micah's you know, obviously main event in the big show, and Sakurai as well. Julia was able to get got, got in this quite a bit, especially Momo Watanabe. That was, to, in, in my opinion, um, other than Starlight Kid looking like a million bucks here. And again, I'm hoping they do Starlight Kid versus Mayu on that uh, January 4th show at Tokyo Dome City Hall. Because it might be the best wrestling match you see on January 4th. It's a possibility, folks. Danielson Okada is going to be great. Naito Sonata is going to be great. Don't be shocked, though, if that's the match we get. And everybody at the end of that day, you know, going into uh, the 5th of January saying, yeah, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom was great. But you know what the best match was? Happened across the street at Tokyo Dome City Hall. Or whether down the block, wherever, I, I don't know. And it was Mayu and Starlight Kid. Anywho, Starlight Kid looked like a million bucks. Getting back to my point. Julian Momo Watanabe just absolutely thrown down. And we've seen these throw these two throw down before at some five star Grand Prix. Just very violent exchanges with forearms, with slaps, with headbutts, with kicks. Really, really good stuff there. Again, considering the fact that Momo beat Julian in last year's five star tournament, and then Julia went on to win the tournament, win the championship. I thought we were going to get a red belt match between Julian and Momo Watanabe. Imagine those two, 20, 21 minutes. It'd just be it'd be brilliant. Again, I would love to see a Julia vs. Momo match, another singles match somewhere down the line, because these two have similar styles. They like hard-hitting wrestling. They like back-and-forth wrestling. They like having their opponent look good in turns. Uh, that makes them look good. Uh, you know, really good stuff here. Um, 
the Mafia Bella stuff. Tekla's, Tekla looks great. I mean, her new gear looks great. Her pers uh, She's always adding on to her persona. She's another one that when she gets on the screen, you can't take your eyes off. Again, with all these raft of injuries that Siren's been going through the last three or four months, I think Tekla and Han are the two wrestlers that are kind of on the undercard that really stepped up their game more and more. And I'm really excited to see what Tekla does in 2024. Uh, hopefully she gets a five-star run. She was supposed to be. She's supposed to wrestle in the 2022 five star Grand Prix. She got injured about a month prior. The 2023 five star Grand Prix they kind of shortened. Um, instead of having 24 people, they only had 20 or whatever it was. Uh, so Tekla for five star Grand Prix stardom. Let's do it. I think that she's growing and growing in the ring and just having better and better matches, better and better performances. She's connecting better with the audience. Not that she wasn't before, but she's uh, just it's better. And you know the next five six seven months when we get around we're getting ready to roll around to the other most wonderful time of the year the five star grand prix um who knows how great tecla will be um okay folks i guess really the last thing we have to talk about is eo and Kyrie watch so this was uh some really interesting stuff as because we've been seeing some cracks in damage control uh, the past few weeks, especially coming off that loss in the War Games cage match, which I still don't understand why they lost. But regardless, people that make way more money than me are making those booking decisions. So what do I know? So we get a really good backstage promo with Bailey stating that her dream is coming true when she created damage control. She had her eye on Io Shirai. I'm going to call you Shirai. Uh, she had her eye on Io Shirai and she knew she was special. And when Io won the money in the bank, she knew that it was EO's time to win the World of Star, like the World of Stardom Championship. Yeah, uh, the WWE. <laughs> can you imagine the W that is coming up on our What If episode at the end of the year? The WWE uh, Women's Champion. Obviously, EO is the Women's Champion um, over there on SmackDown, and now with Kyrie and Oscar in the full damage control, her dream is for the Kabuki Warriors to once again become the WWE Tag Team Champions. If you remember back in 2019, 2020, give or take, that uh, Asuka and Kyrie were the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So now we have a clear direction of what they're doing with the tag belts because it always seems like the last six or seven months, like those tag belts are cursed. It always seems like somebody gets injured. And I believe, I didn't watch Raw, but I believe uh, Candace Carter and JC Jane, um, I forget, I know they're always changing their names. I know they won the tag belts. I believe they did. If I'm wrong, let me know. And I'm a huge fan of uh, of those two, especially what they were doing over in uh, NXT. I thought they were terrific at what I saw in NXT, and I know they changed uh, um, uh, not Can Candace Carter, the other one's name. I, I forget. She was Casey Candace Angrel. And I remember her from America Ninja Warrior because my wife likes to watch that show. So I thought they were great. And I think they're the tag champs. What I'm trying to get at is if that's where we get, maybe at the Royal Rumble or at a big show on SmackDown, at the beginning of the year, is those two versus Kyrie and Oscar. Give them 17, 18 minutes. Yes, you may see the best women's WWE tag match in a long, long time. I'm talking like jumping bomb angels versus the Glamour Girls. Yes, for all you 80s fans, what's up? Um, And then Bailey's. Her main goal now is that she's entering the Royal Rumble. She's going to win the Royal Rumble and then challenge the Raw champion Rhea Ripley. I guess now they're showing their cards. That Rhea Ripley will not be losing that belt between now and WrestleMania. And that Bailey will be challenging Rhea Ripley when she wins the Royal Rumble. Now, folks, <coughs> pardon me as I take a drink. To me, that's a red herring. I do think Bailey is going to win the Royal Rumble. However, I think she's going to pull a Batista, if you remember back then. I think it was 2005. And she's going to challenge her own faction member in one EO when Batista challenged uh, Triple H. 
which led to their main event match at WrestleMania 21. I think that's what's going to happen. I think you're going to see more cracks in the damage control leading up to the Royal Rumble. Bailey's going to win the Royal Rumble, and she's going to challenge EO. Regardless, if you get an EO, Shirai, a championship match at WrestleMania, as well as maybe the Kabuki Warriors walking in as champions, again, myself and Rob, we're going to be there. We are going to be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Anybody who's going to be in the Philadelphia area, please hit us up. We would love to meet you. So, again... That'd be great if we have an EO walking into uh, WrestleMania as one of the main championships uh, holders. So uh, and that's exciting. It's really, really cool. There's a lot of cool stuff they're doing with damage control. It uh, really is. Um, we're going to get to the match, folks. We got the Kabuki Warriors taking on the team of Michin, which I'm going to call her Mia Yim. I'm just going to call her Mia Yim uh, and Zelina Vega because I just, I don't know why they changed her name. Mia Yim. I mean, she's... Excuse me, everybody knows who she is. Very, very much like Eo Shirai. Now we're going to change her name to Eo Sky, regardless. Um, me and Zelina jumped Kyrie and Asuka on their entrance. Again, this happened last week when Eo and Kyrie got jumped uh, against the uh, with Asuka and Charlotte Flair. I do want to point out Charlotte Flair, they did mention. I believe she tore her uh, ACL and MCL in that match with Asuka. The fact that she finished the match, still wrestled like five or six minutes afterwards. Just shows guts. It just shows guts. I mean, she was really hobbling in a lot of pain. So uh, we we wish Charlotte a speedy recovery. Again, I'm a huge fan of Charlotte Flair. Um, you don't want to see anybody ever really, really injured, especially the fact that uh, she, more than likely she's going to miss WrestleMania. Maybe she'll show up. Uh, maybe maybe to help Bailey out or help whoever out that gets damage control. Uh, that's a possibility. I think that get a huge pop. Like if we don't see or hear anything from Charlotte, and then she does something in like one of these matches to kind of like. You know, put the damage and onto damage control. See what I did there. Um, so uh, Mina, uh, Mia Yim and Zelina, they jump Kyrie and Asuka. again. That's kind of I, I, yeah, I kind of understand, but it's like you're supposed to establish you're establishing kind of them as heels because now they're jumping Kyrie and Asuka. And again, like you look at Kyrie and Oscar, they have the cool entrance, they have the cool face paint, the cool tires. They're supposed to be the heels. And now we're not giving them over as heels because we have them getting jumped, which is kind of like the heel thing to do. Again, maybe that's me. I'm old school. I'm 1980. So uh, regardless, um, Kyrie eventually hits uh, me, me again with an elbow smash off the apron. We get some great Kabuki Warriors teamwork, uh, like basically as if they never missed a beat. Kyrie with the sliding D to Mia for a two count. Uh, Mia blocks the spinning back fist, the uh, cutlass. Uh, she dodges that into a backslide for a two count. I thought that was really cool. Selena Vega gets the hot tag. Selena Vega comes in, hits the hammerlock DDT to Kyrie. Selena hits the 619, uh, but then Kyrie is able to come back from the 619 and drills for Selena Vega with the spinning back fist, the cutlass. Uh, Asuka uh, locks Selena in the Asuka lock. Uh, Zelina slips out, and when she does, she rolls through, breaking Morton style, tags in Mia Yim. Mia comes in on fire. Basically, uh, that's the hot tag. So bump and feed, bump and feed from Kyrie and Asuka. Kyrie eventually takes Zelina out with the Tokyo Slam to the table, which, again, if you Stardom fans, she would always do the Tokyo Slam. That would lead to the insane elbow. But she uh, bounces Zelina Vega off the table. Bailey does some little interference. It leads to uh, Asuka hitting a buzzsaw kick, and when she hits the buzzsaw kick, Kyrie tags herself in, and then Kyrie follows up the buzzsaw kick from Asuka with the patented Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Hojo, Kyrie Collar, you want to, insane elbow on to Mia Yim for the three count. Good stuff here. I don't think Bailey really needed to interfere. Like you, just, we made mention at the start of the show that these two would be going for the tag belts, and that's currently that's like the plan. Obviously, that's where they're going with this. 
So your first tag match with these two in quite some time, you're having them win against a makeshift team with interference. Kind of didn't think it needed interference. Maybe they cheated a little, you know, maybe blinding the ref or something like that. Oscar could have like done the mist and that led to the buzz sidekick. I don't think we needed. I mean, I mean, you want to get Bailey on the show. I get it. She's probably going to be your Royal Rumble winner. So I kind of get that, but maybe you didn't need all the cheating. Um, that's just me. Regardless, a win for damage control is a win for the good guys, right? Hey, you guys are listening to the Stardom Cast podcast. You got to be fans of Kyrie and EO, right? So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Really interesting things that they're doing here. And uh, that's, you know, with Bailey with that promo in the beginning, that's the current plan. So, um, folks, that's going to wrap it up on this episode. This one's going to go less than 80 minutes. It's a shocker. So, again, I apologize to everybody that's like really, again, if Rob was here, we'd be talking about the human Cadillac door and DeVille. We'd be bipoing it. We'd be talking about throwing our heavy metal things in there, maybe anthrax, iron mating it. But, uh, Obviously, I want to get this one up. I want to get this one uh, set up on the drive so uh, we can get this edited and get it out to you. Fine, folks, on time. Again, if you need more of your Stardom Cast fix, go over to the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button, if you will. We're right around 3,000 subscribers, which is absolutely insane. And uh, listen to our Julia retrospective with one Karen Peterson. And I promise you, folks, next week's episode will go well over two hours as we have a lot to discuss as we go into Dream Queendom. Uh, folks, questions, comments, anything that I can do for you, anything that you want to try to do to help make the podcast better, shoot me a message. The best way to get a hold of me uh, is hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, Matt Turner OF on the Twitter and the Instagram. If you want to shoot me an email, that's perfectly fine as well. The Stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via email. Folks, before I give the typical sign-up, I just want to wish you and your family a safe and merry, merry Christmas. Uh, please be safe out there. Whether, you know, obviously we get into different weather conditions depending on where you're living. You know, whether roads are icy and none of that, but everybody's in a hurry going nowhere. Everybody's in a hurry going nowhere. Folks, please just arrive safe wherever you're going. Take extra time if you need to be there. Just let, if you need to be at dinner at 7 o'clock and it takes you an hour to get there, leave at 5.30 or just... Tell your loved ones, start without me or start a little bit late. I may get there late because I'm in traffic or the weather's bad. Please, please, please. We want you back here each and every week and enjoying the uh, fantastic audio that myself and Rob give you every week here on the Stardom Cast. Be safe. Enjoy your time with your loved ones. Um, and uh, just I hope everybody has just a wonderful holiday season. You know, if you get something cool, let me know. You get something cool stardom or uh, wrestling related, tag me in the photo. Tag me if you get something autographed, your John Cena autographed towel or something. Tag me now. I'd love to see it. Love to see memorabilia. You know, for all you San Francisco 49er fans out there, folks are having a heck of a year. Hope I'm not jinxing it because I know we play the Ravens on uh, Christmas night. You get a Joe Montana autograph something. Let me know. I'm a huge fan of Michael Jordan. Tag me in that stuff, guys. You know, I get anything Aussie related. You know, let me know, guys. I'd love to see it. You know, love to see the pictures with you and your family. Just everybody be safe, be happy, be healthy. Enjoy the time with your loved ones. I love each and every one of you guys so much. You guys really mean the world to us. Doing this podcast has really been one of the great joys of my life over the last two years. I'm um, just having an absolute ball doing this. And uh, I just love all the comments that we get, all the positive love we get from the Stardom Cast fans. And just Stardom. Like I always say that uh, the main goal from this podcast is to get everybody watching the best wrestling company in the world, bar none, and that's Stardom. Um, Folks, that's going to wrap it up. Again, have a happy, healthy holiday season. We'll be back here next week with our preview of Dream Queendom, plus so much more on the Stardom Cast Extra. Um, again, if you need to get a hold of me or just want to chat, 
you guys know how to get a hold of me, folks. Please let me know. And also, I know sometimes the holidays can be a tough time if you're missing a loved one, if you're going through a tough time. Guys, my DMs are open. By all means, if there's anything I can do to help out, you know, let me know. Again, Matt Turner, OF. Folks, can't do this show without you. Because like I always say, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast. Because we're all us together. Everybody's different. Everybody's special. Merry Christmas, everyone. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E, 2-0.